disorganized, lazy, resistant, unmotivated? Have you thought these things about your boy? Then stay tuned. You are going to want to hear from our guest talking about executive function. I like cute clothes. I like having stylish outfits and I hate shopping. Armoire makes getting dressed easier. Armoire is a clothing rental membership option. And Janet and I recently have both tried it out. And you guys, it is so much fun. You go to their website, you get to take a little quick style quiz, takes five minutes, and then you get presented a list of beautiful clothing, pictures, wonderful clothes that you can pick out and get delivered to your house for you to try and wear in the comfort of your own home without going out and determine what looks cute, put together outfits without investing a ton of money. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off your first month. That is up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash envoys. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E, dot style slash envoys to get 50% off your first month and never have to worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. Stay tuned for this classic episode with Seth Perler and all the information you need to know about getting signed up for the Executive Function Online Summit. Wouldn't you love to help your struggling student shine this year? You can with the Executive Function Online Summit. Our guest today, Seth Perler, is an executive function coach because he was one of those struggling students. If you consider your son to be neurodivergent, you will want to tune into this free summit three days taught by 30 leading experts. Join families and teachers worldwide. Go to boysalive.com T-E-F-O-S. That's the Executive Function Online Summit. And you'll find all the information. Get registered. There will be lots of reminders so you don't miss a thing in this expert-led summit. The Executive Function Online Summit. Go to boysalive.com slash T-E-F-O-S. We've opened up our archives because this interview with Seth is too good to miss. This is On Boys Parenting Podcast. We are your hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink and Janet Allison. You're one of the millions and millions of parents and teachers who have been muddling their way through academics this past year. Here's some relief for you today. We are going to be talking with a renegade teacher turned executive function coach. And he is going to be talking about how to help your child who is struggling with homework and procrastination and lack of motivation and all those missing assignments Parents, teachers, there's hope. Our guest today says, 
If you want to help a kid who is struggling with homework, grades, procrastination, underachievement, time management, and motivation, then you have to understand one thing and one thing only, and that's executive function. Welcome, Seth Perler. It is so good to be here. I'm excited. Good morning. Great to be here with you. I love that you call yourself a renegade teacher turned executive function coach. Start out by telling our listeners what is executive function. Great. Well, first of all, before I start out with that, I I just uh, I really do like to take time to acknowledge people. And I want to thank you because you guys doing this podcast, it doesn't just happen. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. There was a lot of inspiration that got you started that say, mm-hmm. saying, we want to do this thing, put this thing into the world. We don't know how to do this. We'll figure it out. And <laughs> oh, right. <yeah. laughs> and um, and yes. there's so much. And then we don't know how to use the mics or the tech or the this or the that. And uh, so just acknowledging how much heart and time and energy and love goes into something like this and just thank you for putting something into the world like this that helps people so thank you guys i appreciate Aww, that that gotcha seth Aww. right janet and i are getting teary over here <laughs> well this is yeah i mean this is no small thing that you know yeah. you've chosen to take on so and you want me to define executive function Yep. I think that's it's, a great place to start. It's easy to say this is what you need to focus on. And then I need to know what, what am I focusing on? Great. Yeah. So to define executive function, let's start off by saying that a lot of experts define it very differently. And a lot of experts define it in a very clinical way. And the problem with that is that it makes it seem inaccessible to parents and teachers because the words executive function don't say what it is like it's not it's not just like uh plain everyday words so in plain everyday words all executive function is is how our brains help us get things done now that sounds very simple how our brains help us get things done but the things that are within that are way more complicated so when you said in the intro like you just got to understand one thing executive function well that's great but it's a very complex thing i don't want to act like you know this is just some simple concept but it's just getting things done and in the context of of the boys that people are listening for the things that people who are listening are concerned about them getting done are not things like Legos and gaming and art and sports or things like that. The things that we are concerned about that because the high interest things they have no problem executing on, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. the things that they, and, and that meanwhile, the words executive function, it's how the brain helps us execute tasks. That's why it's called that, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but the things that we're concerned about are two things. And that generally is schoolwork and responsibilities. Those are two very broad categories, but I like to use those because it puts it into context for everybody listening. So let's recap that. Executive function means how the brain helps us to execute important tasks. Non-preferred activities are what we're concerned about. And in particular, schoolwork and and responsibilities. Why do we care about schoolwork and responsibilities? Because we know and our gut knows and our fear in our body knows that if this kiddo does not figure out, if this boy does not figure this out, how to get important things done, they are going to limit their choices, opportunities, and possibilities mm-hmm. for their future. And that terrifies us because the reality of how difficult it is to live in this world it, it is it, it requires a lot 
of execution on things we may not feel like doing. And I love li- that you yeah. acknowledge that because so often, you know, we kind of are teasing that part out that a lot of our parenting is born of this place of fear and the mm-hmm. fear is, is housed in our concern and care for our children. We want these boys to do well. We are, you nailed it when you said terrified. We're terrified that they won't. And then often we get stuck there because we don't know well, what do we do next. And so mm-hmm. that's what you're going to help well, us. Well, and it's that place of, you know, oh, if I could just motivate him and that if we can just do it from the outside and motivate, motivate, and and you cannot make someone be motivated. It's got to come from within. Or we can temporarily, and it seems like it, or it's a quick fix, or it fixes the issue in the moment. But what are mm-hmm. some things that you all see people do to motivate kids, whether they work or not? What what are the efforts that people Oh, it's take? all the things. It's either the rewards, you know, more screen time, usually, or it's the penalty, less screen time mm-hmm. is, is the big one right now. That feels like the only currency That's that one, parents have. You know, but parents um, paying you know, for chores or for grades, that's another one um, withholding of, you know, if you don't get this done, you can't do X, Y, or Z activity or sport. It's kind of the, the, it's like bargaining, you know, you do this and then mm-hmm. I'll give you this or I won't, the, the converse. Excellent. And I, I asked it's I asked rhetorically, but I just like to hear what other, how other people frame it. So we have punishments and rewards that are often used to motivate. And then what else do you guys see in terms of words that people use to motivate? logic, reason, well, nagging, bugging. Yeah. yeah. Nagging. Lot, Everybody tries nagging. Nagging, you know, and it's also the future forecasting of if you, you know, you're not turning in your homework assignments now, you're not going to get grades, you're not going to get into college, you're not going to, and you know, boy one is, doesn't really care, quite frankly, and isn't able to project into the future that far that. so it's just white noise future forecasting fear i love that that's yeah. that's a good one yeah so what do yeah. we do those yeah. don't work that well i mean like you said maybe temporarily you might get compliance but okay can you talk more about that word why did you choose that word uh temporarily or compliance compliance <laughs> because um i used to be a nurse before i was a parent And so compliance, we use that term too, which was basically when somebody does what you want them to do and you would term somebody non-compliant, but that often it wasn't that they didn't want to do the thing. Often they didn't have what they needed to do the thing. So if you call somebody non-compliant for not taking their meds, but the actual issue is that they don't have health insurance and they can't afford their meds, Mm -hmm. you're glossing over. And I think we, we... this is very similar. So your kid can act compliant for a while, but if you don't start addressing that underlying issue, you're not going to get there. The kid's not going to be able to um, continue doing whatever it was he temporarily did, like actually doing the homework while you're there, you know, do your homework. Right. So it's, it's this, what's called an external locus of control. Mm -hmm. where the parent or the nurse or somebody is trying to get somebody to comply. But yeah, we want to get this compliance for them to do the thing that needs to be done because we do have the future thinking. We see that this Mm -hmm. must get done or there's going to be consequences. 
And so we want the compliance, but then, then we need to back up to, well, I, I don't necessarily need to back up at this part in the conversation, but we need to really ask ourselves, why are they doing this thing? And it's usually because they're told to by the teacher or by whatever to jump through the hoop. So on the one hand, we're like, yes, our kid needs to figure out how to do things that they don't feel like doing because no matter what they do in life, they will have to do that. Yeah. But then the question also comes, how reasonable is this thing how that they're being the asked to do in the context of mm -hmm. everything? So for example, maybe they have math to do. They don't feel like doing it and it is actually valuable for them to learn this math, but they're so far behind. They have 30 assignments to do. Them just like rushing through it and getting it done is not helping them learn math is the thing we're asking them to do a, mm -hmm. a, in the grand scheme of things, a reasonable thing in their life. Or maybe the worksheet has 50 problems and they really only need to do three or four high quality yes. ones to actually get yeah. something out of it. It's like if I'm going to do push-ups today and I do a thousand push-ups today and no more for the month, that thousand push-ups is not going to get me any results. Whereas if I mm -hmm. spread them throughout the month, there would actually be some toning going on. But mm -hmm. that that's what a lot of the kids, a lot of the, well, in, in terms of our, this podcast, a lot of the boys going through, the kids that I work with going through this stuff, like they're so far behind and they're, they're just yeah. trying to, we're trying to get them to be compliant, to motivate them, to get them to do the things, but we're not giving them internal motivation or an internal locus of control. And, and then circling back to your question, Jennifer, so what do we do? So you've got this kid, Janet, I know you're working with parents who complain about this. You've got this kid who is like 30 assignments behind in this class. He hasn't turned anything in the end of the semester's coming up. Um, do I just let him fail? Do I just push him through to do these things? What would be your recommendation, Seth? So again, sadly, this is complicated. And there are a lot of experts out there that have, you know, these sort of pat answers for things. And I have sort of pat models for things, but it is complicated and every kid's complicated. So first to answer your question is to give you a crappy answer. Yeah. It's different for everybody. Second, but I love it, that honesty. I mean, that's part of what we're about here. We do these podcasts because there aren't any easy answers. So we're going to give you bits and pieces. And then listeners, you take what applies to you, your kid, your situation. Yeah. And second, I think it really is sort of looking at those two things that we were mentioning before. How reasonable is the thing? And then what do you do in that case? And then when they are doing the thing, what do you do to be supportive? So let's let's first look at um, how reasonable is the thing? What can parents do? Well, you have to be really realistic in terms of how reasonable is the thing. Now we get into a problem here uh, quite often because parents and teachers will get stuck in this particular trap. Some of you guys have seen this. They'll say, well, we know he can do it. We've seen him do it before. Do you guys hear that? Along with that is we know he can do it, but he he didn't pass the quiz. He didn't pass the test. And one family I'm working with right now is 70% of his grade is the tests and the quizzes. And he can't, he can't do these quizzes, these tests online. He just can't do it. But he's doing the work and he knows the material and he's getting penalized. I'll tell you what, that is not very motivating for him to do the next assignment. Very good point. Like what? So that's an excellent point. So I'm sorry for everybody listening because we could go down so many tracks here, but so the, many rabbit these holes. are so important. <laughs> but that yeah. one is so important. 
here's that you have to understand the experience that these boys are having. They have been asked to do things so many times they have quote failed or it's not been good enough. They've been told redo it or you forgot to turn your name on it or you're getting half credit or it's late and you're getting a zero or blah. they've been told these things so many times and we forget that we are there to serve them. Now I'm speaking from an educator's perspective. I mean, mm -hmm. there's lots of context, but in, in our quote system, we, the teachers, the educators, the school, the principals, we are there for them. It's not the other way around. They are there to comply for us and our mm -hmm. rules. And it's, we are there to serve them. But what has happened is we've created a system with these standards and this common core and these tests and all this yeah. crap that is, it, it gets teachers really off course from why they got into teaching. They got mm -hmm. into teaching to help yep. kids. They get a lot of pressure from above to do things certain ways. And they almost, a lot of them, not all of them, lose sight of why they even got there in the first place. 50% mm -hmm. mm -hmm. burn out before year five and quit. 50% of the people we have hired to serve our kids quit by year five. What the hell are we yeah, doing here? And the then problem. the ones who stay, who do you think they are? A lot of them are brilliant, amazing teachers, but a lot of them are compliant and they're just like, it's good enough or whatever. And yeah, they're settling. Yeah. yeah. Do we want that for our kids? Well, that's mm -hmm. the system we've created. And then so they're in a place where they're like, I have this pressure to get these kids to look like this on paper and to walk through these curriculum things and meet these standards. But the experience of the boys is I can't, for some boys, I can't, who struggle with executive function, I can't do what they're asking me to do. The absolute load, I, I was, the true story, I was speaking with a kid the other day, the, the beautiful conversation with this boy. And he said, Seth, actually, I wrote it, I wrote it down. Uh, he said, I have so much to do that I could literally spend every waking hour doing it. So he wants to do well. He struggles yeah. with executive function and focus, but he would spend every waking hour a second, he said, doing it. So where is the time to be a boy and to experience mm -hmm. life? And then when you do it, you're told it's not good enough. So he had a teacher accuse him of cheating last week. He's like, I didn't cheat. He's like, actually, I worked so hard on it to do it perfectly. And I spent so much what? time on this. And then he accused yeah. me of cheating. So it's demoralizing. Um, it, it, it like where demoralizing. So yeah. you have to when we're looking at what what's reasonable, we really do ha have to. And when we say things like, well, I know you can do it. I've seen you do it before. Well, maybe they can do the cognitive work. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe when they, you've seen them do before, all the stars were aligned. They had good sleep. They didn't have social issues that particular day. They didn't have parent yeah. issues that particular day. Um, they didn't have a big pimple that was making them feel completely insecure that particular, like things we don't even think about that was going on that day. But with executive function, this day that they're not doing it, they don't have also the executive function, massive skill set to do this. So, and now let's get a little bit deeper with that. And I'll stay on topic here, but with executive function skills, let's say, how do we get them to do the thing? Um, and we know they can do it. Well, Executive function has to do with planning. Maybe they didn't plan their time well, didn't manage their time well. It also has to do with emotional regulation. Maybe they're dysregulated mm -hmm. and they don't have tools to re-regulate themselves. And they're not in the prefrontal cortex, the front part of the brain that helps them to execute because they're in the amygdala and the fight, flight, or freeze, and their body is in anxiety. And they can't even you know, get to a place where they can think clearly, yet they're expected to perform. 
Um, I had a kid tell me last week that they were, this was a girl, but she said that she was in an online class and she started to have a, um, a panic attack or an anxiety Mm -hmm. attack, or Mm -hmm. didn't know if it was one and Mm -hmm. felt like they couldn't leave the class. Can you imagine being in an online class? You're required to be visible on the thing and you're starting to have an anxiety attack and you can't take care of yourself. What kind of, a? but teachers would never know that, but it just shows some of the, just the, again, we're talking about how do we get them to do the thing? Listeners, I know that you sometimes feel like your home is bursting with the boundless energy of your boys. Mine has been for a very long time. We want to tell you about Home Threads, where style meets the wild adventures of raising boys. At HomeThreads.com, you can find a collection of uh, furniture and home accessories designed to meet the needs of your growing boy family. They have everything from durable bunk beds to upscale gaming tables You can turn your home into an attractive, durable playground, believe it or not. Uh, Janet and I both love their baking dishes. Solid, beautiful, functional. Anything you need for your home, you can likely find on homethreads.com. And we have a discount code for you. Go to homethreads.com slash onboys. You can get a code for 15% off your first order. Because every leap, laugh, and loud moment deserves a space that embraces the chaos with style. Home Threads, love where you live. Well, first, we have to really be asking, is the thing reasonable? Is it reasonable from their lens? What are we asking them to do? Why are we asking them to do? Are we setting them up to have an experience of success or failure? What's it going to feel like if they do do that? We want them to feel like they accomplished something, like they Mm -hmm. learned something, like it was valuable. But clearly, we're seeing a lot of experiences where they're like, why do I have to do this? This is stupid. This makes no sense. I keep trying. Nobody sees how hard I try, like all these things. Mm -hmm. So we have sort of that aspect of it. So let's put that on one side, you know. What, how do we get them to do the thing? First, let's examine the thing very realistically from all sorts of angles. And let's ask the boy yeah. and let's listen and let's ask them more and more and more. Not just a surface question. I mean, a in-depth conversation where they do 90% of the talking and we do 90% of the listening and we do 10% of the talking. One of the things that I have done as a parent of boys who had that missing assignment list growing pretty damn long that I was getting. <laughs> um, when I talked to them, a lot of the assignments they were missing were, st- I'm going to say it, sorry, teachers. They were stupid, stupid ones. They were like stupid little five point homework things. And my son had already calculated. He's like, I can skip all of these. And if I do okay on the test, yeah, who cares? Why am I going to waste all my time for five points? And when he explained it to me, I'm like, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> makes sense. Skip yeah. them. Yeah. Skip them. So that listening and deciding and realizing what is reasonable for your child in conjunction with your child and then giving yourself and your child permission to let some of it go can be incredibly freeing and create space for you to then work on the other things. Right. And then let's look on working on the things we do choose to work on. So now we have a realistic view. We're going to say, yeah, you know, you got to pick your battles. Here are the battles we are going to pick. But we are consciously doing it Mm, mindfully with intention right now. Yeah. And we've really looked at the battles we're going to pick. 
and for so let's take um, your example there with with uh, you know the assignments that just you really look at them and you you do not find legitimate value in them or legitimate enough. There may be value in doing the things, mm-hmm. but it's just like given the time and them failing or not. Obviously, your kids' perspective is perfect. I mean, you and I, we would as adults if we were looking at this this system whether it's a somebody we pay bills to every month or whatever they want us to jump through certain hoops the irs or whatever don't get me wrong i'm not saying cheat on your taxes but you have to that's an example we have to (laughs) that makes my head spin where you have to jump through a million hoops and Mm -hmm. what how do you figure that out but anyhow so we have this massive list of things to do um your for of for your kid to do now the first one, not the first thing, but one thing in like a situation like that, you got a million things is advocating to the teacher. Now, if you have a middle or high schooler, they're not going to want you to email the teacher. Most boys will say, my teacher doesn't like it when you email them, yep. blah, blah, whatever. But you need clarity and you can email. I'm just going to be real quick on advocacy, but you can email a teacher and say something like, hey, please don't tell my kid this. They're stressed enough already. Don't tell them I'm emailing you. Just give me some clarity. I need some clarity. What the hell's going on? When do you post your grades? Where do you post your grades? I'm confused. Um, it seems like, you know, a bunch of time goes on. Then you enter a bunch of them. They have a bunch of zeros. And then I can't support my kid. And where are you posting the work? And when we find where you post the work, there aren't enough details for us to sift through it. And I can't rely on my kid to tell me the details. Help me here. So first of all, advocate. Like, be the squeaky wheel. Do not give up. Be a pain in the butt. CC other teachers, counselors, or admin if it's a teacher. Now, there are most teachers are amazing and care about your boys. Most. Yeah. And, but there are those mm-hmm. ones. It's not that they don't care, but there are those ones that are set in their ways that really mm-hmm. don't get it mm-hmm. and that think that, oh, and especially now in uh, the pandemic times, like, like it is... I could really cuss right now. It is just absurd what's happening with the expectations not changing. And I will tell you something that's on my mind right now is this is one of the best times ever to not take standardized tests. If, if, and I don't know what's going to happen with all that, but it's like on top of everything, you're going to evaluate kids who just went through this. And I then you're going to make a right judgment. Now too. <laughs> I don't know if I've heard on... you cuss yet. <laughs> you haven't. <laughs> You've heard me say <laughs> that. That's the that's the level of frustration. And I want to. I just want to pause and interject here too, because I think that this happens often. And with middle school and high school, you're talking about the parent emailing the teacher. This one family in particular that I'm working with. It's you know the encouragement of of course, the parents encouraging the boy to reach out to the teacher and ask about the quiz. And the mom is going around to the teacher saying, you know, my boy just needs a few words of encouragement from you. Can you can you email him directly? And they don't do it. And the Mm. same situation is the teacher will say the the parents saying to the teacher, my boy needs help with this. He's feeling shy to come to you. Well, he needs to reach out to me, says the teacher, oh or I can't help him. And right. that, I'm going to cuss. That's like, that just makes me crazy. Yeah. He's in middle school. He probably has the pimple that you were talking about. And he doesn't have the capability 
to approach an adult. And this, these are teachers he's actually never Let's met in person. Yep. And these He's are never met him in person. Yeah. Oh yeah, so, that that yeah. too this year. Oh baby, I'll settle down now. Go ahead, Seth. <laughs> so yeah, so to put that in a smaller box, it's advocacy. Whether it's parents, yeah. whether it's the kid advocating for themselves. Obviously, we want the kid to advocate for themselves, but they don't have the skills yet. So these are complex skills that they need to learn also. And in an ideal world, the kid's able to advocate and be like, "Look, you're serving me," like not in a uh, right. uh, condescending way, but in a confident way, like, mm -hmm. like, but we, they don't have that story, no. but, but ideally they'd be like, look, you're serving me. I need help here. Get off your high horse. Let's figure this out. What, what can you do to help me like that? That's sort of the ideal that would be great, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> but that, that takes understanding the whole frame, like them having a frame like that, them having the skills of doing it, them having the confidence to do it, you know, blah, blah. And then the parents advocating, yeah, to ask for that. And I do, again, I want to give so much kudos to the teachers. What teachers are going through is oh incredible. Gosh. And it, yeah. most teachers are amazing. Most teachers mm -hmm. are amazing. But the ones who do that in a condescending way and who don't get it and who have that contemptuous tone, I mean, that even the slightest bit of that, the kids feel it so deep and it yep. is yeah. so not appropriate and it is so common. It's disgusting. But most teachers, I just want to really plug them. Like we really want to approach them with, Hey, we're on the same team, give you the benefit of the doubt. You probably didn't know how much time and energy this was taking or what our family is going through. I don't need to tell you everything our family is going through because we have a private life, but you do need to know that um, we are going through some stuff here and our kid cannot do even what's being asked. So help us here. Like, do you like, if they don't do all the stuff, they're going to fail. And it makes sense for my kid to do nothing else in your class this semester. And we're, yeah. if, if, if we have that fact, we're going to not make them do anything for your class. So mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. why would we, if the, like, why wouldn't we have them put their energy towards classes? They can be successful in, if they're going to, yeah. like, you got to really think these things through parents. So there's advocacy. Now mm -hmm. let's say that, you know, you're getting some support and your kid really does need to do some stuff and they are not motivated and they're, they're maybe not even going to be motivated. Then how do we help them? Okay. And this is kind of where we'll probably start wrapping up and moving towards this stuff. And this is sort of in my model. Now, the advocacy is actually part of this model, but I wanted to start there. What I do when I'm helping people, boys, but anybody with executive function stuff, the people who come to me are parents of kids who are struggling in school. Um, they go through this pattern every semester where everything falls apart. Then they try to clean everything up at the end of the semester and do deal with all the missings and late work and zeros and incompletes and all this stuff. And it's a pattern year after year after year, and it doesn't fix itself. The thing is, is that, you know, the kids will be like, oh, this year's different. I've turned over a new leaf, blah, blah, blah. That happens maybe once in a thousand times. <laughs> it's just not right. Usually what happens is, is they, they start off like that because they really do want to be in it. It lasts for a week, maybe to you know it's our new year's resolutions it's that yeah you know, we're gonna get toned and yeah. fit this year it's the same it's, thing it's the same thing and it really is the same thing and i won't go into the metaphor about that but it really is the same type of thing and and then things start to fall apart so the pattern mm -hmm. is there now like i said it won't fix itself it won't fix itself it won't fix itself so what do you do you need three things now this is just seth's talk you could look up a million people find tons mm -hmm. of people with great models this is just the way I articulate it. But um, if you want to help your child, I will tell you that this is what I do professionally. And this is where my heart is. So you can trust what I'm about to say. 
So this is a model that will work for you. Basically, there are three things that these boys need if they're going to quote, turn the corner. So I wanna get people from point A to point B. Point A is they're struggling with executive function. They don't have the skills. They're going through this pattern all the time over and over and over. Point B is they've turned a corner. It is not perfect. There are plenty of issues still, but they've turned a corner. What corner have they turned? They've turned a corner where you, the parent, you go, ah, <sighs> this kid's gonna be okay. Yeah. They've got it good enough. It's not perfect, but it's good enough. We have turned a corner. That sigh of relief is now, unless you're a super anxious person and you have your own anxiety to work with, but that you, when you get to that, aside from that, when you get to that sigh of relief, you know that your kids turn that corner. You know they're they're at that point B and that's, that's where we wanna get. That may take mm -hmm. uh, a semester, that may take years. We have to be realistic. This is not go to this tutoring center or go to Seth and go listen to a bunch of podcasts or this or that, and we'll turn the corner. This is investment in your child, your time, your energy, your heart, your money, and whatever it takes to get to that point B. So you want to get things. from that point A to point B, three things. Thank you, Jen. Jen is like, she's on, <laughs> on it. Good executive function. So three things. Systems, mindsets, habits, and routines. That sounds like two, but I lump them together. Systems, mindsets, habits, and routines. I'm actually going to start with mindsets. The mindset that our kids are really struggling with is the resistance mindset. If you know Stephen Pressfield, what do these kids resist? Using planners, advocating, being honest with their parents, uh, starting their homework, following through with their homework, finishing their homework, putting their name on their homework, putting checking their homework, putting effort into their homework, doing high-quality work. Um, they resist uh, letting the teacher help them. Um, they resist. It's The problem is resistance. That's a mindset. The mindset mm -hmm. is, it, and the reason I call it a mindset is, it's, this is too hard. This is too frustrating. This isn't worth my time, my effort. What mindset do we want? Hey, this is actually good for my life. I may not like the teacher or the class or all the content, but I can do this. I can handle this. If I don't wait till the last minute, I actually can do things early. I actually don't have to put 100% effort into everything. I can go for the D sometimes and find out I'll actually get a C or a B when I go for the D. This is something that I teach mm -hmm. a lot. Um, mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I can just turn the stupid thing in. So Jen, when you were talking about your list at the beginning, one of the strategies I probably would use is, well, maybe we can get done five or 10 of the 30 and just get them half-assed because you'll probably get a 70 anyway. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like just been a, but anyhow, it depends on the teacher and the gravity of the assignments. But um, so, so the mindset is, I can, it's Carol Dweck's, you know, I can. Growth mindset. I, yeah. I can do this. I, I can get something out of this. Let's, let's not stay in analysis paralysis resistance land. So mindset, you have to work with the mindset. Yeah. If you're just a slave driver, a taskmaster, and you're your kid's executive function, just get it done. Punishment, reward, nagging, lecturing, um, uh, uh, fear, all this stuff, that is not changing a mindset. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And part of that too, and Jen and I talk about this a lot, is that boys feel shame and embarrassment so deeply. And that's part of this whole mindset area that needs to be looked at too. And if you want to hear what I think about shame, look at my post from last week. Shame is in the title and it's explores we'll that in exhaustively. The show awesome. Yeah. I, so I don't have time to get into that, but it is massive. Mm -hmm. And I, 
um, massive. I'm glad you brought that up. So now we got systems. Well, there are um, a finite uh, number of systems that these kids have to have to be successful. Now, kids with good executive function naturally pick up on the systems that seems like through osmosis. It's not because they've actually been learning it for years, but nobody has done what's called direct instruction. So mm -hmm. when school teachers do what's called direct instruction, like I'm going to directly teach you how to do long division, let's say. Well, we don't directly teach executive function skills. So the kids who pick up on it, pick up on it. And these ones, it goes in one ear and out the other. And mm -hmm. for years they haven't mm -hmm. practiced these very important skills. Yeah. So these systems are system of planning, planners, calendars, daily planning, blah, blah. A system of organizing your backpack, your folders, your locker, your desk, your stuff. Mm -hmm. A system of um, starting your homework, having a place to study. Um, yeah. Uh, things like yeah. this, a system of knowing how to filter out th things through your head to be able to advocate what methods do you use? Where do you start? You know, so these are all systems. So we need mindsets, mm -hmm. then we need systems, and then we need habits and routines. So if this, and this again goes to, I know you can do it. I've seen you do it. Well, they don't have the habit and routine of doing it. Right. The system is not gelled. The mindset's not there at the moment. But once we have the systems and the mindsets, then we want to use them so that we can build. build habits and routines because what good is any of that stuff if we don't have a habit and routine? So I can tell Jennifer, you have pretty good executive function. You know, it's interesting. I <laughs> I think I do sometimes, but man, I struggle with that whole resistance. I see your pile it, behind you. Oh yeah, that, that's, that's one. You don't see the one in front of me. But that might be a system that works for you. <laughs> that's the stuff I don't need right now. Well, that I've that is my, a, there's your planner. I got yeah. my planner, man. I've got my planner under my microphone right now. Okay. Still paper and pencil, because I tell you what, too, for our boys, this online scheduling online, everything is less tangible for them. Oh, so hard. So paper and pencil. Yeah. And pretty, I mean, I use different colors for different appointments. So and, you, know. you you really systems. go into your systems and it yeah. seems like maybe then Jen has them good enough. Right? Good you enough. And you've got, and I, I say good enough executive function. And then uh, Janet maybe goes more into, let's really develop our systems. I see need it. So we have systems, mindsets, habits, and routines. And why I work with Janet, you guys. I work <laughs> with Janet because she's better at that stuff than I am. <laughs> And yeah, I have an assistant who's like so good at everything I'm horrible at, but I struggle with this stuff. That is me. I mean, I failed at college, dropped out of a second college, almost failed out of high school. And this since, you know, first grade, you know, mm -hmm. my report cards in first grade said daydreams does not pay attention, lazy, blah, 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 you know? Yeah. Yeah. I've lived it. And that's why I, I, I love helping these kids. Mm-hmm. And you are a successful adult. I just think we need to draw that out for parents sometimes. With our future forecasting, we look at our kids and we are afraid that they are not going to be able to live satisfying adult lives. They're not going to be able to support themselves. You're doing all of the things. You're yeah, fine. Thank you for saying that. Like I, yeah. I had my struggles and I figured it out. I do not want my kids to go through what I went through, the, the kids mm -hmm. that I work with. And when we have a structure, again, since it's not taught directly, when we have a structure 
to teach them these things, they don't have to go through so much frustration and we can know earlier that they've got to that point B and, the, and they're going to be. So the thing I hear from parents is I just want my kid to be happy and successful mm-hmm. for that more than mm-hmm. any sentence ever that I've heard from parents. That's what we all want. And there, as we started, this is a nice segue to the beginning, circling back, they're terrified that their kid won't be happy and successful. Everybody yeah. wants their kid to be happy and successful yeah. and they can do it and they don't have to look like what our imagination thinks or what standardization seems to imply or uh, testing or all of these things seem to imply. What we need to do, if your kid doesn't fit in the box, I mean, there's homeschooling, there's unschooling, there's don't worry about school, there's GEDs, there's so many options and people that terrifies people, but doesn't matter. All we want is them to be happy and successful. So let's get real on what all the options are and let's build their strengths. School often does yeah. not, sadly, not often, always, sadly, often it often doesn't yeah. build their strengths. Yeah. And and the teachers yeah. are well-intended, the parents are well-intended, but um, well, a lot of times these kids are walking out saying, I hate school, I hate learning. What? Mm-hmm. What have we done And here? we know, I mean, we have created a system that does not work for many of our boys. And so that I love that you're bringing this wisdom to parents, to our listeners. And, and I think our parents need some reassurance that, you know what, your boy might not fit in the academic box and he still has these skills. And it's so much about also addressing his passions and interests, even if it's not in school. Amen. 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 No, we're not just saying let him play video games all day long. No, not saying that. that. Yeah. There's so So, many things. Yeah. So Seth, where can people find out more from you? This has just been like the tip of the iceberg. This is such a fascinating conversation. Where can people find you? Yeah, in August, we have um, Executive Function Summit, and I get these amazing experts every year. And it's like an immersive, amazing, crazy weekend of just immersing yourself in these people who really help. It's for parents. SethPerler.com is my site. You can sign up for my updates. YouTube, I'm on YouTube. I have a million videos. But usually people sign up for my weekly updates on SethPerler.com. Awesome. Every week, I put something out into the world to be of service to people. That is so great. And thank you so much for all of that service to the world. I think we all have our, our hearts are in that same place of just like reaching out and reassuring parents, it's all going to be okay. And parents take that sigh. Seth Seth did such a great sigh. It's like, take that sigh of relief and share it with your children. Thank you so much for all the work you are doing in the world. Thank you guys too. Yeah. So much great information from Seth and be sure to tune into the Executive Function Online Summit that's coming up. Even if you're listening to this after the summit has run, you can still access all of the great information and leading experts. Go to boysalive.com slash T-E-F-O-S, the Executive Function Online Summit boysalive.com slash T-E-F-O-S. You'll find all the information you need to get registered and access those 30 leading experts that Seth has brought together to help you raise your boy to be happy and successful. That's what we want for our kids. This is the On Boys Parenting Podcast. I'm your co-host, Janet Allison of boysalive.com. And my 
dear, dear friend and co-host Jennifer L.W. Fink of buildingboys.net. If this has been valuable to you, please share it with a friend and let them know about the summit, boysalive.com slash T-E-F-O-S. Thank you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.